Hey y'all, it's episode nine here at Adorn Podcast. We got an awesome episode for you today. We're going to dive into a little bit more about the gospel, about why it's important and how it affects every aspect of our life and even how to share it with others. Welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Why are we talking about the gospel anyway? We might think, well, I've been a Christian for a while. I already know about the gospel. Why would you spend two full episodes on it? Well, I think that, well, actually three, because we're going to have another episode next week where we interview Morgan May. Super excited about that. So why would you spend three full episodes on the gospel? But I think Martin Luther has a really good answer for that. Most necessary is it that we know the gospel well, teach it to others, and beat it into their heads continually. I actually read this to Jonathan this week laughing. I was like, I love that Martin Luther. He's so great. (laughs) Good old Martin. (laughs) But that's so true. I think we have this idea of, oh, I've graduated past that. I'm ready for bigger things. But that's, you can't get bigger than the gospel. You don't outgrow the gospel. We need to be constantly refreshing our minds with the gospel. And we'll talk about how to do this more in the episode. But it's whether it's the first time you're hearing about the gospel or the 10 millionth, 47,000th time that you've heard about it. God wants us to fix our eyes upon Jesus. Um, Just like that hymn says, we need to fix our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. The way the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So it affects every aspect of our life. Mm, I'm about to bust out into song, but I don't (laughs) think y'all want that. So I'll spare you. I love me some hymns. Um, I think another thing that the gospel does for us is it humbles us. It reminds us that we're not good enough. Mm. And without Jesus we wouldn't be where we where we are. We need him to cover our sins. And so it definitely keeps us humble. Yeah, I can relate to that one. I need a daily dose of humility in my face every day. Hello, um, motherhood. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think another thing too is that it brings rest. Yes. Because like you're saying, it humbles us because we can't do it on our own, which then forces us to rest in the work that's already been done. I heard this analogy and I think it it works pretty well of like if you were to get into a taxi, you would just trust that the person driving is going to get you where you need to go. You wouldn't say, okay, now turn here and then now go that way. You just kind of rest in the fact that they know what they're doing and they're going to get you there. And it's the same thing um, with Jesus. And um, we've plugged this book before, but Gospel-Centered Life by Bob Thrun has a really great quote to kind of just really help us understand that. He says, We trust in Jesus Christ when we admit our sin, receive his gracious forgiveness, and rest entirely in Jesus for our acceptance before God. Rest entirely in Jesus. Trusting him like you trust that taxi driver, that it's Jesus that's going to get you where you need to go. It's Jesus who brings you your redemption. And he goes on to say, It is a restful, wholehearted commitment of the self to Jesus wholehearted commitment of yourself to Jesus. So we can rest in the fact that Jesus has done the work for us. Yes, and that makes me think of another quote from the Gospel Primer. It says, 
Um, all of this is a gift, not a burden. We don't have to do for God. We get to work with him under his power and strength, showing the world what he is like. So this gospel, it frees us from the workspace mentality. Mm-hmm. And it um, leads us to that rest that Aaron was talking about. And it just sounds fun. Like we don't have to work for God. We get to work with him to make his name known and share yes. that with others. Like yes. it just sounds fun. It's such a privilege too. To the the fact that he would want us to work with him. He doesn't need us, mm-hmm. but he allows us to and he wants yeah. us to. That's such a privilege. I love that. Um, another thing it should create in us is just a response of worship. It's so important for us to recognize, like Casey was saying, that our standing um, bef- without Jesus is that we can never earn our salvation, but what Jesus has done on the cross for, for us to just create in us this response of gratitude and worship And um, in that book, again, so good, Gospel-Centered Life, he says that we must cling to the gospel promise that God is pleased with us because he is pleased with Jesus. Just like we talked about last week with the imputed righteousness, God is only pleased with us because he is pleased with Jesus. And when we embrace the gospel in this way, that when we see our sin this way, it's not scary or embarrassing. It leads us to worship Jesus because he has died for all of it. And it's liberating because we are no longer defined by it. The good news of the gospel is not that God makes much of us, but that it frees us to make much of Jesus. Mm, Yes. Um, It also reminds us to extend grace. And we're going to talk about this quite a bit in this episode because it's such a big part of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, Grace is that that free gift of something that you don't deserve, Mm -hmm. but... God gave it to us anyway, and it frees us to extend this same grace to the people in our life, our kids, our spouses, our friends, because we were given grace, we can offer that same grace to others. I love that. I think that's something really important, like something that totally affects our everyday life. When we are focused on what God has done for us, it allows us then to have more patience and allows us to then extend that grace because we've experienced that grace. Another reason why the gospel is so important for our everyday lives is that it just changes the way we live day-to-day life. A lot of people, they kind of see the gospel as the end game or kind of just this way entry into heaven. This is, okay, I'm saved. Now I have, I get to go to heaven, but we shouldn't think of it that way. We should think of it as it's a part of every part, every day that we live from here until we get to heaven. So I heard this quote and it says that a lot of people see the gospel as the door to heaven. But to be honest, it's more than that. Yes, it is the door, but it's also every step of the path of our Christian life. It's not just the means of salvation, but the means of our transformation. The gospel is what makes us right with God, and it's also what frees us to delight in God. I love that. I love that too. I also recently heard, um, I think it was in a Matt Chandler sermon, he was talking about picturing it as you had a cup of water Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of dragging the cup of water along with you and you're just stepping in that water and that's um, how the gospel should overflow out of Uh, you like that. And just everywhere you step should be be Jesus. And um, that's what it means when you hear to abide in Jesus, just to take him everywhere with you every step you take should be um with jesus just overflowing with the gospel i love that 
I love that. Um, the gospel also reminds us who we are. We think that what we do makes us who we are, um, such as like our identity as being a mom or a wife or a real estate agent or whatever it may be. But the Bible says our identity is a child of God, beloved new creation, like we talked about last time with imputed righteousness. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Amen to that. I love that. So now we're going to shift a little bit and talk about we know its importance. We understand its impact on our life. Then why do we struggle to keep the gospel in the forefront of our mind? Why do we struggle to live out the gospel when we understand the value of it? And I would say for me, the biggest struggle um, with really living out the gospel is that I just have this performance or workspace drilled into me from childhood. It's in our culture. It's very much, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. And so to just get rid of that and remind myself that I can't earn it is really hard for me. If we're being honest, it's something I struggle with every day. And I love reading in Galatians because I can completely relate to how the Galatians were struggling. And Paul tells them in his letter, In chapter 3, starting with verse 1, he says, Oh, foolish Galatians. And I like to just put my name there. Oh, foolish Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish that having begun by the Spirit, you are now being perfected by your flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed and God counted it to him as righteousness. So I think for me, my struggle is from head to heart. Like I know it in my head, but how do I get it to soak into my heart that I live daily in the fact that I'm already redeemed and that I don't have to work for it? Um, John Calvin says, the gospel's power ought to penetrate the innermost affections of the heart, sink down into the soul and inspire the whole man. Like Like I said, my head understands the gospel, but sometimes it gets lost somewhere. And I find myself trying to finish what's already been finished. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. I don't need to add anything to it. I don't need to do anything else. I need to rest in the fact that it is finished. Oh. You know, I've never thought about that before. When he says it is finished, like Mm -hmm. I never thought about it that way. I love that. And that, just like you were talking about earlier, that rest that comes from that and that freedom that comes from that. That's so good. Um, You know, talking about struggles, I think I would say my biggest struggle is very similar to Aaron's. Um, The whole imputed righteousness thing that we talked about on last episode, it just pretty much blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when we did the list example um, where I realized that Jesus took my list like and now I have his instead and that's what God sees. I remember the tears just started flowing and I'm a pretty emotional person but I don't cry that often like in Bible study. I don't Mm -hmm. really cry in movies and so the fact that that like made me start crying I just it just really meant so much to me um I'm a sinner and I mess up so much each day and to think that 
God doesn't see that in me anymore. Mm -hmm. It just, it leaves me speechless. So the problem that I struggle with is to remember it and to live it out. Mm -hmm. I, um, pretty much for as long as I can remember, I have been really hard on myself. I remember even as a little girl, like I would make a mistake or, you know, backtalk my mom or whatever it was. And she wouldn't punish me. I wanted to punish myself. Like I would like put myself in the corner or take my own toys away. Like just living. Erin's laughing because she would never do that. No, I would not. Um, But still to this day, like there are so many times that I live in constant guilt Mm -hmm. or regret that I didn't say something the exact right way. And I analyze every little detail that I do wrong and how I could have done it better. But I just need to remember that that is why Jesus came. He came to cover that. And now I have his list in place of mine. And I just love that so much. Mm, So good. And you know, that really kind of makes me think about the fact that I think we can divide um, the way people struggle with living out the gospel into maybe kind of two different categories. And I think one main struggle is exactly what I was talking about. I think it's legalism. I think that, um, people tend to try to analyze every move they make and they try to be perfect. And, that just doesn't fit in with the gospel. Like Mm -hmm. that's not the gospel message. And so when you're trying to do that, it just creates this constant struggle between being legalistic and trying to um, abide by all the rules all the time and be perfect versus thinking about free grace Mm -hmm. and and accepting that and living in that grace. So I think that really creates a, a big struggle with a lot of people like myself. Yeah, and I think the other the other root um, reason why people struggle is kind of the opposite of that. So some people, you know, they'll they'll say, okay, well, there's grace, there's grace. I don't I don't need to try to be more like Jesus because Jesus already died for all my sin. I'm just gonna kind of stay how I am. And and both are very self focused. If you think mm-hmm. about both of those, there's the legalism where I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, and then there's the, the grace cop out where it's like, I can do whatever I want because of grace. So they're both very self-focused. Either I'm doing my best to keep the rules or I do whatever I want because of grace. And we need to just combat both of these ideas. And there's a, like we have talked about before, there's like a tension that we have to live between. And it, it comes from keeping your eyes on Jesus. And the way we kind of solve these two is that we need the gospel and we need the law, which would be, you know, living up, you know, trying to be more like Jesus and we need grace. We need all three. And how do they work together? Well, it should work together as kind of a circular, um, I'm doing a circle with my finger right now, but there's a name for one (laughs) of these things, a cycle. Cycle. Thank you. It should go as a cycle. So we want to be more like Jesus, but when we don't, when we can't live up to the law, then grace covers us and leads us to the gospel truth, which is that only Jesus could live up to that standard and that there's grace for us, which then leads us to a response of love and worship that pushes us towards obedience. And it should keep going that way, like, like a cycle. And it reminds me of, um, if you look all the way back to the Old Testament in Genesis 15, we see um, Abram, who will later be known as Abraham, but at this time he was called Abram. And it says, Abram believed the Lord and he was credited it to him as righteousness. And after that, it goes on to say that then Abraham obeyed and he did what God called him to do. So that, that just shows us that it is our belief, it is our faith that 
gives us that righteousness of God, but then it should lead in response to, um, it, as a response should lead to obedience. So now that we've talked about why we struggle with living out the gospel, we want to just break it down real practically. And how do we keep the gospel in the forefronts of our mind? And you know what we're going to say for the first one, read your Bible. We're going to say it every time. Um, it's just, but it's so true. And um, even using scripture to defend this fact, like it says in Deuteronomy, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hands and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your home and on your gates. And it goes on to say in verse 12, take care lest you forget the Lord. So I think that's so good and super practical for us. You can write it out um, and have it in different places on your house, different scripture or different things like that to just keep the gospel on your mind so that, like it says in verse 12, that you don't forget. And we are we're so quick to forget and having it just around our house in different ways, I think is a practical way to keep our mind on the gospel. Or you can tattoo it on your arm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You could do that. I mean, always in front of your face. There you go. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, that that definitely is a practical thing. We had talked about leaving your Bible open mm -hmm. on the counter. Um, I mean, maybe some people think it's cheesy, but having pretty scripture, either using like those vinyl things that go on the wall or um, framed scripture, mm -hmm. canvases or whatever it is, I think sometimes we get to be kind of... Um, I don't know if immune's the word, but we're just used to seeing these yeah. scriptures mm -hmm. on the wall and we don't stop and read it. It's a good point. Um, but it's important to have it there and I think it's important to read. And it's funny, once your kids start reading, mm -hmm. they, they notice those things yeah. and they read those things that have been there their whole life. And um, so, yeah, just having it right in front of you all the time, I feel like that's really good and just super practical. I think another way we can keep the gospel um, right in front of us is to have a good community. Um, I think it's important to have friends that love Jesus more than they love you. You hear that about a spouse too. Mm -hmm. Like it's important when you're looking for a husband, like he should love Jesus more than he loves you. And that's so important because when you are having those days where things are just going crazy and um, your mind is not focused on Jesus, they will center you. They mm -hmm. will bring you back to Jesus is what's the most important thing. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think we tend to shy away from that a little bit because we don't want to sound holier than thou mm -hmm. or we don't um, want to dismiss our friend's feelings. But really that's what we should be doing for each other. We should be quoting scripture. We should be saying, hey, like, um, what would Jesus do? I'm going to go all <laughs> 90s on us here. But seriously, <laughs> seriously like we're gonna go back to the whole like just trying to live our life like Jesus yeah. and how we talk to our kids and how we talk to our husbands and um the thoughts running through our minds and even the things we put in our head like from tv um we need those friends that are gonna keep us grounded that are gonna say hey that might not be the best idea um let's focus a little more on the gospel here mm -hmm. and I just think that's so good and I feel like we are so so super blessed because we have that in our mm -hmm. community and I don't know what what I would do without our um, close group of friends that we do that for each other we mm -hmm. pray for each other we keep each other grounded in the gospel and I just think that's so super important yep I agree 
Um, another practical thing to do is to preach the gospel to yourself. And I'm going to break that down because that is so Christianese. Like, preach the gospel to yourself. Okay, what does that even mean? So um, I mentor an amazing, amazing um, high school age girl. And she's actually going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. But we've been talking lately about like, how do we keep the gospel on the forefront of our mind? And so one thing we came up with and we've been challenging each other to do is as soon as you wake up in the morning, before you look at your phone, before you even open your Bible, before you open your eyes, like take a moment and first praise God for who he is and then remind yourself of the gospel. You can have maybe your three bullet points of how you define the gospel or however that looks for you, but just start your day with praising God for who he is and reminding yourself of what he's done for you and your standing because of what he's done for you. And it has really, really changed the way I go about my day. I'm not, you know, then thinking first thought out of my head isn't, oh my gosh, I have to go make lunch or I'm going to be the mom who sends my kid with goldfish for lunch again this week. And, and then I'm like, no, like I have to remind myself of my identities in Christ and just starting my day focusing on the gospel has been a huge difference in how I go about my day. Yeah. And I think not just thinking about it first thing in the morning, I think that's so super important, but taking every thought captive throughout the day. And that sounds, um, like a big task, but I just think that refreshing our mind with the gospel throughout the day is um, very important. And if you find yourself thinking that God is proud of choosing you since you were such a good mom that day, or maybe he regrets choosing you because you were disrespectful to your husband or impatient with your kids, then you need to remind yourself of the gospel, your sinfulness and um, you're sinful, but God sees Christ's imputed righteousness, like we've talked about so much. And nothing you can do can make him happier or can make him regret choosing you. I love that. I think it's so good. And that reminds me of um, in Ephesians in chapter one, where it talks about he chose you before the foundation of the, the of the world and that. And then it goes on in verse 13 and says that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's really important for us to remember when we're preaching the gospel to ourselves that... Um, Think about God like going to the grocery store, okay? Him sending Jesus was like him going to the grocery store. Sounds weird, but just <laughs> stick with me here, okay? So a lot of times I think where we struggle is, oh, you know, God's going to regret choosing me and that makes you fearful or something like that. But like it says in Ephesians, he chose you before the foundation of the world and that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so when God went to the grocery store, it wasn't like he just put all his groceries, all his um, chosen people on the belt and then was like, you know, the lady always asks you, is that everything? Do you want anything else? It wasn't like God was like, mm, let me think. Yeah, I'm going to turn around and get some gum and then put it on the thing. <laughs> and sometimes we think of ourselves as the gum. Like, yeah. oh, God maybe just picked me at the end as some last minute idea. But that's not true. We're the reason God went to the grocery store. So just, just reminding yourself of those truths and reading those verses in Ephesians and reminding yourself God cannot be more proud and God cannot regret it. Okay, now we have some practical tools of how to keep the gospel in our minds. Let's talk about how do we share it. Now, this is probably the part where everyone's going, oh my goodness, this part makes me nervous, and I can relate to that. So let's kind of just break it down, and Casey and I thought it would be a good idea to kind of explain it in two ways. So there's kind of two ways to share the gospel. One is to say it, and one is to show it. And we'll break down what those things mean, but I think we usually fall in one camp or the other. We think, okay, I'm going to say the gospel to people, or we think I'm going to show the gospel by how I live. And we can't really separate it like that. We need to be doing a balance of both because 
you got to show people through your life what God's doing in your heart, but you also need to say the words and um, let them know what the gospel actually means. So first we're going to kind of break down how to say it. Yes, and I'm about to get um, real Southern Baptist on you by going over the Romans road, but I know there are some people out there that kind of need like specific instructions for what to say. Mm -hmm. What do I say if someone Mm -hmm. asks me about the gospel? And so um, I'm just going to start with this. This is just a real simple, it's three different verses of scripture that you can just quickly share with someone that just spells out the gospel. Um, so we're going to start with all people have sinned, and that is in Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And you can, um, the verses before and after that are good too, but if you're wanting to keep it simple, that is just saying we've all sinned. We're, we all fall short of that glory. We're all sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after you get that established, you can move on to Romans 6.23 that explains, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's what we talked about last time, saying that we're dead in this sin. Um, because of our sin, we are no good. But Jesus came to sit, to save us, and it's a free gift and um, and we are redeemed through Jesus Christ. And then that leads us um, to the last verse, which is Romans 5, 8. And it says, but God shows um, his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm going to continue on to 9 and 10. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if we, uh, For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life so that's just saying that because he came and died for us we are now reconciled to him and so that just explains the whole gospel and those um three simple verses and so this is easy you can just write it down on a note card memorize it memorizing scripture is a wonderful wonderful thing mm-hmm. um so we just felt like this was something that we couldn't pass over because this is a um, very just practical way to share the gospel straight from the bible I think it's good too because I think a lot of time we put pressure on ourselves. Are we going to say the right words? How are we going to describe this? And that takes off that pressure. We don't have to say any words. We can just let God's word do the talking and explain exactly what the gospel is for us. So I love that. I think another thing we could talk about in the how to say it of sharing the gospel is just your personal story. Um, There's power in the work that God has done in your life. And sometimes we also get intimidated by that. But um, I think it's a good way to kind of break it down is think of a two-minute, two-minute testimony. And all you have to think about is what was your life before Jesus? Jesus came into your life, and now what is your life like after And this is a good way to kind of bring the gospel in, but through your own personal story. And we talked about this. um, I lead a Bible study for young moms, and we talked about this. And we practiced this last week at Bible study. And a couple of the moms were saying, well, I don't feel like I have some dramatic story. And that might be you. And to be honest, that's me. Like, I was raised in a Christian home. I don't feel like I had this 
you know, path of destruction. Then there was this huge aha moment. And then now I'm perfect. And obviously no one has that story, but we sometimes kind of idolize that. We see these big dramatic stories, you know, maybe on stage at church and we're like, wow, look at the glory they're bringing God through that story. And we kind of think our stories are less than, but I just want to encourage you that God gave you that story and he gave you your story to bring him glory. And so your story can always bring him glory. Um, but I think it's important also to make it clear that just your story is not the same thing as sharing the gospel specifically. It's kind of an avenue for you to bring in the gospel to your own story and make it relatable. But um, Sinclair Ferguson says that at the end of the day, the gospel is Jesus Christ himself and all that he's done. That's the gospel. So we can't just think, okay, I'm just going to tell someone what the gospel has done in my life. That's not the same thing as sharing the gospel. That's sharing the effect of the gospel in your life. But it's also important to make sure we're conveying what the gospel actually is. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. It does, for sure. I think it's important to remember, too, even if you're like me and you think you don't have this dramatic story, like, stop and think about the gospel for a second. Jesus conquered death. Like, he conquered death for heaven's sake. Like, Pun intended, but he conquered <laughs> death. Like that's dramatic enough. You it don't is. need any more drama to add to that. So just just be confident in the story God's given you, but also make sure you're bringing up the drama of what God has done. And I think another thing that might help practically with this, if if you think maybe your story isn't dramatic enough or you're trying to look for ways to just bring up the gospel, one thing I've found helpful is to just make what I call a faithful list, which is just a list. It sounds what it is, is what it sounds like. You make a list of all the times God's been faithful. So it could be something as small as um, yesterday I didn't lose my patience with my kids because God just gave me an extra dose of patience. Or it could be something big. Like personally, an example I think of is um, when we got married, Taylor and I got married, um, we were pretty young and he wanted to go to paramedic school and we did not have the money. We had just gotten married. I got a part-time teaching job and that was our only income because he had just graduated college and he wanted to go straight into paramedic school. And so we found out it was going to be almost $5,000 and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? But we felt like it was definitely the Lord's calling for him. So we're like, let's just trust God and let's just keep moving and see what happens. And he applied for all these grants and got denied for all of them. And then we go the first day to say like, okay, we got to come up with some sort of payment plan and that sort of thing. And we get there and they said, oh, your balance is zero. And we're like, what? wait what we were told we were denied for all the grants and she's like I don't know it shows that you somehow got this one grant and all you have to pay for is your uniform and we're like wow. oh my goodness so it could be a dramatic story like that it could be a small story but if you just make a list of all those times God's been faithful that'll give you chances in your everyday life to just bring up what God's doing in your life which then hopefully will transition you to be able to talk about the gospel because sometimes it's awkward just be like do you know what the gospel <laughs> is you know so we're like exactly. how do I bring this up in conversation yes. this is a really good tool to be able to bring that just bring up the gospel without having to awkwardly bring up the gospel yeah yeah that's good so now that we know some ways um to say um the gospel let's talk about some ways that we can practically show the gospel Mm. to people in our lives daily so i already brought this up a little bit earlier but i think one way um that is huge is just showing grace to your kids um 
showing grace to maybe that waiter that's having a bad day that um, brought you the wrong food and charged you too much (laughs) and spilled your drink all over you, (laughs) all this stuff, like show them grace. Um, When your husband um, doesn't get home on time because he had a really busy day at work and you're flustered because the kids, you know, it's that witching hour and you're trying Mm -hmm. to get dinner ready instead of barking at him when he comes in the door, show him grace. God's Mm -hmm. given you more grace um, than you deserve. That's what grace is. It's, It's undeserved. And so you can pass that on and show that to other people. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of the gospel. We certainly didn't deserve Jesus' sacrifice of his life on the cross, but he did it anyway because mm-hmm. he loves us. And when we show that grace to other people, they're going to say, hmm, why? Why does she have this grace to give me when I don't deserve it? Mm-hmm. Why is she so gracious? Mm-hmm. What What is different about her? And that'll give you an opportunity to share the gospel. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um, like it talks about in, in Titus 2, specifically for women, it talks about all these ways that we can put the gospel on display. And it's exactly what you're talking about, like loving your husband, loving your kids. And that's such a good point because that will draw people into God. They'll say, what is it about you? What is it? And mm-hmm. how are you so patient? And how do you extend grace? And you're able to then share the gospel with people. I love that. Yeah. I think another great way to show the gospel is to love the unlovable. I think that's a tricky thing for us to sometimes think about because we're so busy with our daily life, but to really stop and seek opportunities where we can serve and we can love. And then when people question, just like we talked about with the other one, when people question, why are you taking time out of your busy life to X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, you have a chance to then just bring up what God has done in your life undeserved and that you want to share that with others. Yeah, and I think another way that we can show um, the gospel just in our everyday life is another just demonstration Mm -hmm. of the gospel is living in freedom. Yes. Um, I mentioned on my personal Facebook page the other day that my word for the year, I know it's such a millennial thing to do. I realize (laughs) that. But I really, I didn't intend for it to be this, but it's um, turned into freedom. I didn't pick this word, but it's just kind of been the theme throughout the last few months. And he's just continuing, the Lord's just continuing to show me how through the gospel, we have complete and absolute freedom. Mm -hmm. We don't have to live in that bondage of guilt. I already talked about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I really struggle with feeling guilt all the time. Shame, um, worry, anxiety. Those are all things that I struggle with. And um, because of the gospel and because of what he's done, I don't have to live in that. And so we don't have to live our lives scrolling through our Instagram feeds and comparing ourselves to other moms. We can live in the freedom of knowing that Jesus's blood covers us each and every day. Hmm. So the question is, okay, Casey, we get it. The gospel has freed you, but (laughs) how does this demonstrate the gospel to others? Um, Well, if you spend just a few minutes on social media, you'll see that most people are living in bondage to one thing or another. And people are searching so hard for that freedom. Mm. I mean, um, 
we'll see different ads and stuff all the time about, you know, want to lose a few pounds. Like people think if they lose just a few more pounds, it'll bring freedom. Or maybe they join a specific cause and go and start marching. You know, Mm -hmm. we live in Austin, so we see it all the time. People at the Capitol marching, and those are good things. Um, But this doesn't bring us true freedom. Mm -hmm. These people are searching for something that I think that um, a lot of times can actually be found in Jesus. Um, And so when we're living this life of freedom, people are going to see that there's something different. They're going to see that, oh, like you're not spending all your time focused on, on this cause or that cause or focused on your appearance or whatever it might be. When they see that you're able to just live freely and just enjoy this life that God's given us, it's different mm-hmm. because that's not how our culture lives. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to ask, what's different about you? And once yeah. again, that opens the door to share Jesus and to share what he's done. And for you to say, you know what? I've had Jesus's blood cover me and all of these other things don't matter. And I am free to live and be who I am and to share his love with other people and to be who he made me to be. And that is why I live in this freedom. And so I think just um, living our life in that way can be a huge way that we show the gospel to others. I think that's such a good point. And one thing that we haven't really talked about is that, like it says in John 13, 35, that this is how you will know that they are my disciples is by their love. And that that's just such another great way to show people the gospel. And I think this one gets kind of complicated. It's not a, a, here's how you show people love. It's very complicated. It's um, love doesn't mean the same as acceptance and love doesn't mean the same as tolerance. We see that throughout the scripture, that love does not equal acceptance. And when, and when Jesus is talking about, this is how they will know that you are my disciples, is that by you show love. When we look at how Jesus showed love, it was in truth and in grace. And so when we can extend that type of love where we're still able to speak truth and show grace, then that's how people will know we are his disciples. Yes. This this hits a nail on the head for me and it's actually a question that I've been discussing with several people lately like what is love? Mm-hmm. I know we're supposed to show love, but I know that doesn't always mean acceptance. Um I know that doesn't mean that you just um, ignore Mm -hmm. people's sins. I mean, we're not the one that's supposed to condemn them for their sins, but we're also not just supposed to accept these sins and just be okay with everything. Mm -hmm. So what is love? And I think that's good. Truth and grace. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're to show them and to say to them the truth, but we're also supposed to extend grace Mm -hmm. because um, everybody's a sinner Mm -hmm. just like us and they need the same grace we need. And it's tricky. It's so tricky. tricky. Um, But it's so important too. Yeah. I like that. I love it. So let's talk about what are some barriers personally for us and then also what are some just barriers that we know of that kind of keep us from sharing the gospel. You want to start us off, Casey? Sure. Um, So we have a list of things that we think could be potential barriers. And when I think of the one I struggle with the most, I'm like, hmm, maybe all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is so hard. Um, But I think one of the biggest things that is a barrier for me was – 
just feeling like I don't know enough and feeling like I don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. that people might ask me. And so I tend to just kind of, you know, curl up into my shell and not say anything at Mm -hmm. all because I'm like, what if they ask me this? Or what if they ask me this? And Uh I don't want to seem silly if I have to Google something (laughs) or whatever it is. But, you know, believe it or not, just last week, I was telling Jonathan that I was having doubts about this podcast because of that. Um, I just don't feel like I know enough. I don't have a seminary degree. I haven't even read through the whole Bible. Um, I'm working on it cover to cover. But he reminded me that in um, 1 Peter 2, 9, the Bible says, but you are a chosen race. Mm. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. He reminded me that as one of God's chosen people, I am to proclaim this good news to the world, seminary degree or not. And um, Aaron and I actually just discovered something (laughs) this week. One of our... um, the, our favorite pastors that we love to listen to, he didn't even go to seminary. I couldn't believe that. And we were just kind of blown away. We've listened to him for a long time, but we didn't realize he doesn't even have a seminary degree. He just has his bachelor's. Yeah. And um, that kind of just opened this whole new world for us. If he can like, share the gospel like yes, that, then we if can. If the Lord can use him the way he's used him, then um, the Lord can use us too. Yeah. And as uh, one of God's chosen people, that's what we are to do is to proclaim claim the gospel. Mm -hmm. So even though this is, I feel like one of the biggest barriers to believers, um, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned Googling it because I literally did that this week. I know. Someone asked me a question. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Let me Google it really fast. And then I was like looking up the Bible on my phone, like, okay, I got to find some verses on this. So yeah, that's definitely something that happens sometimes. And that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, one that I struggle with is, is I don't want to sound holier than thou. And we've we've said that phrase a few times on here before. But I think sometimes I have this fear that people are going to feel less than or feel judged or anything like that. When I'm trying to share the gospel with them, it might just have a negative connotation to them where they feel like, oh, she thinks she's better than me. And I obviously don't want that to come across that way because I'm not. I need a savior. I'm not better. So I think that's just a fear for me that maybe some others can relate to is that I don't want to sound holier than thou, but that's that's a very self-focused. I have to remind myself that it doesn't matter what I sound like. It's God that needs to be proclaimed. It's not anything that has to do with me. And to just kind of take myself out of the situation, if I'm worried about not having the answers or I'm worried about not wanting to sound holier than thou, those are very self-focused. And when we want to share the gospel, we need to be God-focused and focused on Jesus and not not self-focused. Yeah, and that also makes me think um, a big barrier too can be the um, fear of looking hypocritical, Mm. which I think kind of falls into that same thing because we're all sinners and we're all going to mess up. And um, I think we're afraid if people are looking at us, people know that we're Christians, know that we're believers and they're looking at us and they expect us to be perfect and we're Mm. afraid of messing up because they're going to say, oh, what a hypocrite. But once again, it's not a, like, that's the whole message of the gospel is Mm -hmm. that, um, our sins are covered. And so we can show them through that. Yes, I messed up, but I am forgiven. And so once again, I think that that's a very inward focused Uh thing, you know, worrying about 
how we're viewed, whether it's how we're viewed as holier than thou or how we're viewed as a hypocrite. Like we shouldn't worry about how people view us. We should only worry about how people view God. Yeah. It's funny. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I'm realizing now all of the barriers we're talking about are all barriers because they're Mm -hmm. self-focused because the next one we have is a fear of rejection, which is very (laughs) self-focused. And I fall to this one a lot because I think, you know, I don't want someone to not talk to me anymore because I'm too aggressive with the gospel or not talk to me anymore or think I'm weird. Or I I've dealt with that fear of rejection, especially when I was younger and you know, you, you just want community. Like we've talked about, we, you want people to like you. It's a part of every piece of us. If we're being honest, it is. It is. so yeah. that, that fear of rejection, I think a lot of times is a big barrier, but same thing, self-focused again, or fear of missing out. FOMO. That's probably my biggest barrier. FOMO always gets me. Yeah. And, you know, in this busy culture, once again, a very selfish thing. Um, I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time to share the gospel. I've, I've got to focus on different things. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably a huge barrier because it takes time to invest in people and to build those relationships where um, people trust you right. and they trust what you say. Yeah. That's not a 30-second thing. Like That can take weeks, months, maybe even years to cultivate these relationships yeah. and um, to really build that trust with somebody. And, and making that time can definitely be a barrier. It reminds me of that uh, super cliche saying, it's like people won't, care how much you know even about the gospel unless they know how much you care oh it's like yeah. so cliche but that I think that's so mm-hmm. true we have this yeah. idea of I'm just gonna go share the gospel but a lot of times it's it's not that glamorous it's you know I'm gonna create these relationships I shouldn't say it's not that glamorous relationships are glamorous <laughs> but it's not that instant exactly is what I mean it's not yeah. that instantaneous like yeah. we want to we want to share the gospel and we want to share relationships and so sometimes it's it's not just getting all the words out. Like we talked about a lot of times, it's just showing the gospel mm-hmm. and loving people well. And that takes time. It does. Um, and I think the last thing that we need to mention is, you know, we talked about earlier barriers for ourselves believing the Bible. I mean, the gospel, how it's hard for us to um, let it really soak in mm-hmm. and um, for us to believe it ourselves that we have been saved and um, that we have that imputed righteousness. If that's hard for us to believe, then we might have trouble sharing that with others. And so I think that can be a huge barrier. And so that's why it's so important to be grounded and firm in, in our belief and to preach the gospel to ourselves every single morning, just like Aaron said earlier. Yep. Yep. So we thought we'd end this episode, um, going back to the Bible, like we always encourage you to do with a story that most of you are probably familiar with. We feel like it sums up the gospel so beautifully. So this is a story of the Samaritan woman at the well and it's out of John 4. So I think some context is important um, when we talk about this story. So we hear the woman's at the well in the middle of the day, which we might not think of anything um, because we don't go to the well. So we don't know what that means that she's there. I get my water out of the well, don't you? (laughs) She's there at the middle of the day. So what does that mean? That means she is either ashamed of something she doesn't want to see other people because typically they would go early in the morning. So that kind of gives us the context that she's there to kind of avoid people because she's there in the middle of the day. So when Jesus meets her there, he knows already everything about her. So he knows why she's there in the middle of the day. And he comes and he just 
asks her for water. And this is so just out of context and weird in this time and place. And it's hard for us to kind of understand because we don't know all of the culture, but keep that in mind as, as we go on to talk about this. And he asks her for water and he starts telling her and revealing to her that he is the Messiah. And I encourage you to read this um, after we're done listening to this episode. But he starts revealing to her that he is the Messiah and she has questions and he just ultimately gets her to know and trust that he is the one that has been prophesied about and he is the one that is there to save everyone from their sins and she believes this and she puts her trust and faith in him and her automatic response is to go back and to tell everyone and that is so powerful knowing how she was avoiding everyone before but then when she understands and hears the gospel that he is there to save her then her response is to go and share that and I think that's so beautiful because we've given you some awesome tools but at the end of the day it should just be an overflow like Casey was talking about earlier it should just overflow out of our gratitude and love for Jesus and what he's done for us, that our automatic response is to share that with everyone. Yes, that's so good. She didn't let any of these past barriers get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she asked questions like, what mountain are we to worship on? And she had all these things that she could have let keep her mm-hmm. from sharing the good news with others, but she didn't let it. And because of that, many people came to know Jesus because of that overflow through her and because of her excitement and her um, courage yeah. just to get out there yeah. and to not worry about her past, not worry about appearances. Once mm-hmm. again, goes back to that selfish desires that yeah. we had. She didn't let that get in the way. She didn't worry about what anybody was thinking about her. She just shared the good news. Yeah. And so um, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what matters. We should just let the gospel overflow through us Mm -hmm. and um that's why it's so important to think about getting it into yourself into your mind into your heart so it can flow out to other people Mm -hmm. so we just wanted to leave you um with this verse it is from that story and it's when um jesus was talking to her about how he's the living water and it's um John 4, 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs. 